All the latest business news from WA, delivered daily. At close of business, news briefing. Good afternoon and welcome to the At Close of Business podcast. This is Simone Grogan with your top stories this Thursday afternoon. Northern Star will spend $1.5 billion to more than double processing capacity at the Kalgoorlie gold mine in an investment decision more than a year in the making. The Stuart Tonkin-led gold miner revealed its board had decided to push ahead with the major upgrade for its star asset on Thursday morning. Expected to take three years to build, the expansion will lift Northern Star's processing capacity from 13 million tonnes per annum to 27 million tonnes per annum. Northern Star Managing Director Stuart Tonkin described it as a historic new chapter for the asset, telling analysts today it would be the best project in the state. In property news, troubled builder Modco Residential is facing a court action lodged by a recruitment firm seeking to wind up the company. Last week, a notification of court action relating to winding up a company was lodged with the Australian Securities and Investments Commission against the building company. Recruitment and labour hire services company Talk Jobs, which has an office in Kewdale and locations in Brisbane and Melbourne, lodged the court action from Queensland and is being represented by HWL Ebsworth in Brisbane. The matter is due to be heard before a judge on July 18. And lastly, the state government will explore the need for additional juvenile detention facilities in Western Australia as part of a review into Banksia Hill. The wide-ranging review into the Banksia Hill facility, which includes consideration of infrastructure requirements for juvenile detention, comes following a spate of incidents at the facility. A 12-hour riot at the facility in May led to significant damage to facilities at Banksia Hill, with some infrastructure allegedly set on fire. Corrective Services Minister Paul Papalia and Premier Roger Cook announced the infrastructure review today as part of a sweeping plan to improve safety and welfare in juvenile detention. Mr Papalia couldn't be drawn on whether a proposed facility would be built within the confines of Banksia Hill or at a separate site. And that's all from me this afternoon. You can read more on these stories at businessnews.com.au. Coming up next on the podcast, senior journalist Jack McGinn and Claire Tyrrell discuss density and development in Metronet precincts. The business world is teeming with opportunities to succeed and every day is a chance for the ambitious to learn, know and grow. Over recent years, we have built the greatest business journalist team in WA, delivering you the most trusted, comprehensive, intelligent and up-to-date news across every sector, every platform, every day. No fluff, all informative stuff. At Business News, we believe progress boils down to one simple habit, that is... What you subscribe to today shapes what you will become tomorrow. Subscribe to success. Subscribe to Business News. Visit businessnews.com.au forward slash subscribe for more information. Welcome back to At Close of Business. I'm Jack McGinn. Today I'm joined by Claire Tyrrell. Claire, how are you going? Good, thanks, Jack. That's good. Hey Claire, Metronet's a bit of a favourite here on the podcast. We talk about it a lot. It's an initiative that has wide-ranging implications for the Perth metropolitan area. And in the most recent edition of the magazine, you took a bit of a deep dive into the links between Metronet projects and density. The idea, I guess, is that in an ideal world, you start to see density around Metronet stations. But the reality, according to some, is very different. What's the state of play? Yeah, Jack, I enjoy writing about this topic as well, and Business News has covered it extensively, including the major cost blowouts that it's been subject to, which is, uh, you know, every part of the 
industries is is getting that lately but I think nine billion was the latest figure that we had I remember when they initially spoke about Metronet I think it was meant to be five ish billion so here we go but I digress uh so what's happening with apartments at the moment is uh there's very little activity going on at all really uh sadly some some things are being built but a lot of things are being put on hold because of the nature of the the market the high construction costs the low labour availability and uh, what is being built is is mainly being built in in very affluent areas because developers are targeting those baby boomer downsizers who are pretty well off and are basically just moving out of their million dollar plus home into an apartment and can afford to to pay you know a lot for an apartment Mm. and uh, I, I spoke to Urbis who you know they're like a planning kind of consultant who do a lot of research and, and they said that you know they provided a map and and it had the apartments that have been launched in in Perth since June 21 so 2021 and most of those were around waterfront areas with high median dwelling values so when you look at the map it's pretty stark you can't see much outside of the, the those riverfront areas uh They've colour coded it, and uh, it's pretty interesting to to look at it in that way. So areas that are on the Metronet line, like Morley in particular, I was interested in because I know that the people behind the Galleria so vicinity centres have been out there talking to stakeholders about how they can kind of, uh, for want of a better term, activate that space and 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 draw more people there and create more density. And it's it's really not a simple fix. Metronet precincts typically are not going to be in those affluent coastal areas. They're sort of more out in newer development areas or in parts of Perth that um, aren't easily accessed by public transport networks. As you were writing, Property Council of Australia released a report into this issue. What did the report find? They did, yes. So I think there's a few exceptions to that. I actually think Swanbourne and Claremont are sometimes counted as Metronet stations. Oh, interesting. Uh, there's a big grey area uh, when it comes to what is and what isn't a Metronet station. Uh, according to the government, there are 23 new stations, but then there are a few ones that were included. They're not included. I think Byford's one of those. Mm. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It was Carnup, actually. Carnup was included, then it was included. And what the government's done there has actually kind of gone out to the private sector to help them build the station as well as the create density and you know, residential buildings they're hoping for. Uh, anyway, so the Property Council did, they did a report into this matter and uh, they kept talking about TODs, which they refer to as uh, transit-oriented developments. And they basically identified some key areas where high-density housing near transit developments, transit networks, sorry, would work. And they identified Leaderville, Cottesloe, Maylands, Bayswater and Burswood. So when you hear those names, you think Leaderville, Cottesloe in particular are, yeah, pretty affluent areas. Uh, Bayswater was the only outlier. So Bayswater was the only Metronet station that the Property Council considers really viable at the moment to build high-density development. Uh, There were a few more on the list further down, but these were the the five that they singled out. And, you know, the reasons for that were what I've talked about before with the high median house prices. And, you know, you've got to think about consumers as well, whether they want to live in an apartment, because 
in WA we still see it as a bit of a bit of a compromise compared to you know the four by two on a big block. Mm. Uh, I, I uh, disagree with that. I quite like apartment living, <laughs> but uh, I think you've got to remember the the psyche of West Australians. Yeah, there's definitely still that approach that apartment living is is maybe for downsizing into and that sort of thing. And if you've spent your entire life in the western suburbs, you're not likely to then go and buy an apartment in Morley. So, um, so is there a willingness amongst developers in WA to look at apartment developments in Metronet precincts? So it depends who you ask. It's it's not a black and white answer. Uh, so when I spoke to Nathan Blackburn, who was the main developer I spoke to for this story from Cedar Woods, he you know, he said kind of one day uh, and, you know, the Cedar Woods, they are helping the government with a market-led proposal around Swanbourne. So Swanbourne is maybe a Metronet station. Uh, so, you know, I think they're definitely keen to develop around there. But, you know, he, he kind of echoed the sentiment of everyone else I spoke to was that, you know, we need apartment prices to lift. Uh, and he said he actually sees that happening. Like he was pretty positive about the future, I said something has kind of got to give because construction prices have gone up and but dwelling values, uh, especially apartment values, have kind of they haven't really moved that much. And that's that's a big reason why developers aren't so interested. And uh, another person I spoke to was Ross Catalano from Parcel Property, who's in a unique position in terms of uh, Parcel Property is kind of under ABN Group, who Dale Or which Dale Orcock owns. And so, you know, they've got builders as well so pact is the apartment building arm mm. and parcel properties ross catalano told me that uh you know construction costs for new apartment projects were between about six and seven thousand dollars per square meter at the moment uh of of net saleable area that is and uh you know he said once the underlying value consultant fees financing costs were factored in Apartments are only viable if you can sell them for about $14,000 a square metre. So that's a pretty high price. Yeah, that's a really high price. Has the government taken any steps to incentivise investment in apartments, particularly around that, that Metronet initiative that they have going? I, I know we recently saw some announcements of funding for apartments through the Infrastructure Development Fund. Did that tie in at all? Yeah, it did actually. They mentioned Metronet in the, in that press release that they issued about you know the funding component that has been announced of this eighty million dollar infrastructure development fund. So basically, a total of six and a half million will be provided to apartments in Burswood, Cannington, Como, Maylands, Mount Pleasant, Nedlands, North Frio, West Leederville, West Perth, and Woodlands. So what that six point five three million we'll do is help developers set up the utilities for those apartments. So the water and electricity, you know, Western Power Water Corp fees associated with um, setting up an apartment. So it kind of had to be viable anyway uh, for the developer to go ahead. It's probably only a, a small portion, but I think it, it can go as high as up to $10,000 per apartment. So it's not a, you know, it's not a drop in the ocean, but it's not, you know, they're not kind of, saying, here you go, have a bunch of money so you can build an apartment. The government has also rolled out and extended the uh, off-the-duty, sorry, off-the-plan stamp duty rebate, which does help apartment developers as well. Property Council and various other bodies and developers themselves are calling for the government to scrap taxes around apartment buying, of course, uh, including the, the foreign buyer surcharge, is one that's spoken about a lot from the industry, you know, so we can encourage more 
foreign investment into apartments. However, the government seems pretty adamant about that one. They're not, they're not budging. Yeah, that's a contentious one, has been for a very long time. Clitoral, thanks for your time today. Really appreciate it. Um, it's a great story. It's a great piece. It's got some great graphics that really tell the story. You can find it in the most recent edition of Business News. You can also find it online as of today. Claire, thanks for joining me. Have a great day. Thank you. The latest business news delivered daily. Subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. For all the latest business news, visit businessnews.com.au.